baptized on the 11th of November, 1747. Her date of birth went unrecorded, but was probably a few days or weeks beforehand. Hannah was not considered a great beauty by 18th century standards. She was not at all handsome, short, and very dark, one acquaintance later recalled. Yet the size of her fortune more than made up for her lack of physical attributes in the eyes of certain suitors. Indeed, it was perfectly possible for the only daughter of a middle-ranking or nouveau-riche family to marry well above her perceived station in life and even into the aristocracy, as had Mary Eleanor, given sufficient capital to her name. So Hannah, for all her plain appearance, might easily expect to walk up the aisle with the eldest son of one of the powerful local coal-owning families, or at least with an up-and-coming professional man. Why she had therefore set her heart on a young Irish soldier, who marched into Newcastle, the most junior and poorly paid officer in his regiment, remains something of a mystery. Andrew Robinson Stoney, had enlisted with the 4th or King's Own Regiment of Foot as an ensign, the lowliest rank of officer, in November 1764, at the age of 17, and first met up with his regiment the following spring. It was a good time to join the army, for anyone keen to avoid the perils of battle, although William Makepeace Thackeray would place the anti-hero of his novel, The Luck of Barry Lyndon, who was modelled on Stoney in the brutal pandemonium of the Seven Years' War, the real Stoney never once faced enemy fire. In fact, the global conflict which had raged across Europe, India, North America and the Caribbean since 1756 had ended a full year before Stoney signed the commission book. And since Britain had lost its appetite for further bloodshed or military expense, there was little immediate risk in wearing the scarlet coat. At the same time, with the King's own freshly returned from a string of conquests in the West Indies, the new recruit would be sure to share in some of his fellow officers' reflected glory. So as the regiment marched across the medieval stone Tyne Bridge into the walled city of Newcastle in early 1767, the young ensign who carried the regimental colours could be assured of a hero's welcome. Certainly, there would be no shortage of admiring women eager to partner the regiment's officers at the various entertainments to which the city had invited its visiting troops. An army officer with a good family background was considered a fairly desirable beau for a younger daughter in a middling family of the gentry. But for a humble ensign to pitch his interest at one of the city's richest heiresses would have required a great deal of charm, imagination and bravado. Unluckily for Hannah, these were attributes Stoney possessed in large measure. Born on the 19th of June, 1747, in County Tipperary, Stoney was the eldest son of a well-to-do Protestant family, which had prospered since emigrating from Yorkshire at the end of the 17th century. His great-grandfather, George Stoney, had moved his young family to Ireland under the handsome inducements offered to emigrating Protestant families at some point after 1692, and had established a family estate near Greyfort, near the little village of Borisacan. Eldest son Thomas, Stoney's grandfather, married Sarah Robinson, at nineteen, nearly half his age, the daughter of a prominent Protestant family whose ancestors, the Robinsons and the Armstrongs, had fought on opposite sides in the English Civil War. Still a powerfully ambitious military family, Sarah's numerous male relatives were highly placed in the British Army. An uncle, 
General John Armstrong, who was more than six feet tall, was a skilled engineer who had fought at Blenheim, and helped found the Royal Military Academy at Woolwich in 1741. Sarah's brother, Captain Andrew Robinson, would ultimately rise to the rank of Major General, while her cousin, Bigo Armstrong, and nephew, Robert Robinson, would both become regimental colonels who would take a kindly interest in their nephew. Fiercely independent and staunchly religious, her family Bible still survives, Sarah was only thirty-three when her husband died, leaving her with three young sons and the family farms to manage in a hostile country. Eight.